Hello and welcome to Rocket, Accelerated Geek Conversation. This episode is brought to you by Text Expander and Blue Apron. I'm Simone de Rochefort, video producer at Polygon.com, and I'm joined tonight by Brianna Wu, representative, Democratic representative for Congress, and Christina Warren, senior writer at Gizmodo. Ladies, I'm loving this NPR <laughs> voice. how are you doing today? <gasps> I love it. Yeah, you're going NPR. So I've got to swing away from this and say, okay, we're not a political show on Rocket. We're not. So we're not talking about politics here. But there was a picture of one of Donald Trump's sons that came out this week of him sitting on a tree stump in a flannel shirt. And like, Christina, back me up here. I want to know if I'm the only one that thought this. My first thought when I saw it was, how could Simone turn this into a filthy romance story? <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> That's the first thing I thought of, like conquered by Clippy, uh-huh. but like, like, like Simone's version of that. <laughs> Simone How great would that be? Yeah. Donald um, Trump I'm just going to say this. Um, on the no, one, no one read the Donald Trump tag on uh, AO3. Just don't. No. <laughs> okay. Oh, no. Why would you tell me about that? Uh, Why would I... I hadn't yeah, thought yeah, of yeah. it. I mean, especially don't look at the, the, the Donald Trump slash uh, uh, Putin tag or the Donald oh, Trump no, slash no, Ted Cruz no, tag. I'm looking at but it right I, now. I, oh. I, I'm, 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 I'm just being honest. Um, oh, no. I, I pitched it as a story. I was declined, that probably would be a correctly. Great story. I would. I agree. Like, I'm Thank scoop you, that you, Christina. Would hurt my campaign. I mean, and look, I would still read it. I gave the crap out of that. <laughs> Yeah. Do it. If you can find someone who will have the balls to run it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not in Polygon's uh wheelhouse at all. <laughs> yeah, I don't even I if like if we if if, if we said no, I have to pay. <laughs> This, no, no, is, we have this is interesting. So we're here on the show. We're, we're we're live right now in a way where we're not live technically. But this is the show. If you work for an outlet and you run this story about the Donald Trump AO3 tag, please let us know because we would like to know what outlet is more radical than Gizmodo. <laughs> yes. It really... That's going to haunt my nightmares and dreams uh, for a long I time. Feel Check like it out. I, I have a responsibility to humanity yep. to like go write this story. <gasps> Absolutely. Like freelance for someone. It will hurt my campaign. It will probably doom me as a candidate. It still has to be done. Like The truth has to get out there. Yeah. You're absolutely correct. There's so many bad <gasps> crossovers. What if I like, pitched that to the New York Times? <laughs> I just found Fallout so Boy Donald yeah. Trump crossover fic. <laughs> oh my god. It's RPF. Sorry, Patrick Stump. <laughs> you didn't want this. Is that even oh Pete Wentz? No. Pete Wentz is a character, a featured character, but Patrick Stump is the love interest. That's that's fascinating. Because didn't he oh. tweet no no, it was Robert Pattinson that he tweeted in support of. Oh my god. You know there's our past case to Trump AO3 stuff. You know there is. Oh, God. <laughs> this is going to be the rest of my night. But before before we delve uh, deeper into that in my, my private time. Um, oh. wait, what? <laughs> what is this show? Oh, my God. Bringing it back to Apple, which announced today. Uh, was it? Gosh, was it today? No, it was it was Tuesday. Tuesday. I this week has been wild. So Apple announced Tuesday a red edition of the iPhone. Yep. Joining of course the red iPod Nano which was 
my personal iPod for That's what feels too. like 20 yeah. years, but it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> and they also announced a new iPad, uh, which is 9.7 inches, which is just iPad standard. It's called iPad. No fancy names after it or anything. So that's what's up in the Apple world. Um, and okay, also- okay, Christina, I've got yeah. to pick your article apart. Okay. <laughs> she wrote about this this week, and you close by saying it's just a red iPhone. <gasps> yeah, and that is, is such an unfair statement well, because okay. this is the sexiest red. You're and right. It's oh, uh, oh Tom Warren I, on yeah. the Verge uh, called it out, saying it's not red; uh, it's crimson. It, it's not. It's red. I actually have seen it. I'm holding one in my hand right now. It's oh, great. Get out of here. Oh, I know. Oh, of course. I mean, come on. Oh. But like, but here's the thing. It is just a red iPhone. Now, that does not diminish it. That does not say that the red iPhone is not the best looking red phone you've ever seen in your life because it's gorgeous. Right. And although I yeah. am I am now in forever rose gold trash, I have to say that like <laughs> the profile of that red iPhone, like when you see it from across the, the room, you're like, damn, that phone is hot. It like, is. I, right. I, 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 I love right. looking at it. Um, I, honestly, I find it more striking than the jet black and, and the jet black has a great silhouette. What I love about that phone is how the, the the glass on the top literally kind of melds into that finish on the back that's so shiny. So it mm-hmm. feels like it's one um, you know solid piece of glass. I love that aesthetic, but the you know the the frame itself, like I I don't I find the red color actually even more striking. So um, it's, it's cool. beautiful. I, I love, love it. That's my color. That's my yeah, color. Yeah, that is your like, color. That is your color because you I, got the red beats, and right? Brie, I'll give you I a do, pass now because I, I yeah. thought the jet black was hideous, but I think that you could like, and and this goes because you have um when you were you have red glasses, right? I do. I have I, red glasses. I used to have a red streak in my hair. I got yeah. rid of that. I, I'm so tall that I had to get like a custom, like gorgeous military coat made. And that's bright red. Like that's my, like it's my color, right? Turns out Brie is hot fire. Can that be your new slogan? Your new yeah. campaign slogan? Brianna Ooh, Wu. She's hot, hot fire. fire. Hot, hot <laughs> yeah. fire. Brianna yeah. Wu. She's like going it. to light Congress on fire. <laughs> Metaphorically. You're just doing this show with you, Simone, is hurting my campaign. <laughs> I was enough. gonna say, not, I was gonna say I can't not. we've talked about this before, but like I really can't wait for someone to do like the investigation and have to listen oh, it's to, be great. to you know, all hundred plus oh. hours of Rocket and, and just find the find the things that will uh As I told we'll be, one of our great. dear That's listeners sad. on Twitter today, uh we after Breeze replaced or replaced elected, we'll have to mm. replace all of her speaking with just a recording of her saying America <laughs> is beautiful. I love America it's, it's great. over and I over love again. America. Yeah. Uh, do you want to actually do that for us right now, Bree? Just like yeah, let's let's clear the slate. Yeah, we're gonna have so much of it. America is great. I love America. Amazing. <laughs> we'll just we'll have a staffer go through and just re-edit all the rockets when I say something controversial. Mm-hmm. We'll just put that soundbite in no, I there. Think that's great. But- anyway, yeah, this phone. <laughs> yeah, this, yeah, it's back of the phone. Yeah. So this, yeah, this is this is Bree's color. Um, and then I mean, we should say that it's it it's it goes to a nice cause too. Like it's it's hard to um kind of hate on you know the idea it's, it's obviously bono's uh the the, the project red foundation that, well, that bono started allow me because I, okay. I i'm gonna actually i meant to look into this before the show but i'm going to confirm it now but i know red has had some of 
issues in the past uh, being criticized criticized for how much of the money that goes to them, you know, is given and then how much goes to their branding and paying the celebrities involved, not paying the celebrities involved, but like the licensing things and stuff like that. Well, the reality is with the, with any organization, you're going to find those criticisms from anyone who has any amount of publicity and visibility at yeah. all. I mean, yeah. honestly, like... Uh, and I've looked into them extensively. I'm not saying they're the greatest organization yeah. in the world. I genuinely don't know. The thing is, know, if you're going to buy have... an iPhone, you're buying an iPhone. That, that's well, already I a problematic agree, but, but, device. But, 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 so you might well, as well get a charity Well, I mean, iPhone. I'm just saying that they are actually giving money for every device sold worldwide mm-hmm. to a charity. And how much of it gets to them, I mean, that can be debated. But I think that's a nice thing, mm-hmm. personally. And everyone yeah, knows how much I love dollars too. Yeah. Like that's Even if it's a very small cut, that is non-trivial. And Simone, I, I, you called me out on this on Twitter. Like My first thought when I saw this is I'm going to have to apologize to Simone yep. on Rocket yep. for all the smack I've talked about Bono, Bono. Like on the show. Don't call him Bono. Bono. I don't even know his stupid name. Holy like, crap. I, I, I Unbelievable. am very sorry. I'm very sorry. Thank you. I accept Simone your apology. Like okay. an adult, like a mature adult yeah. who will not rub it yeah. in your face. He's bringing beauty yeah. to the world. <laughs> this is so, because yes. payback. Because we were all mad at you two when their whole well, when they okay, gave some us the of album. Us, some mm. of us, some of us were thrilled. Some of us were angry when you two's album was some put of, on some every of us phone. Were ambivalent. Some of us were ambivalent. We're just like, oh, okay, yeah. Uh, some of us were confused when it started playing. This is what you two sounds like in this year. Sorry, go on. No, I'm done. But now we can be happy because. Bono has come back and repaid us for our loyalty by giving us a beautiful red iPhone. Yeah, no, it's 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 uh, it's great. What do you guys think about? I think this is completely fine, but I saw um, you know some people complaining. Um, the second thing after the white face, which whatever, but like people are, are like um, they they don't like that it's only available in one twenty eight and two fifty six uh, capacities. That's just like the the jet black, so I don't see any problem no, with that. I don't have an issue with it. No, it kind of makes a prestige purchase, and honestly, this is the first iPhone I've gotten with two fifty six, and I. I'm thrilled that I did that. Like it yeah. just gives me so much more freedom to do that. And you know, if you're buying an iPhone mid cycle, you know, like, I mean, if you're, it's, it's fine. I, I don't have any issue with that. I am guys. I am so tempted to sell my iPhone and then just go pay the difference for, <laughs> for this. I am so freaking tempted to do, do it. And think, I'm not, yeah, do sorry, think go ahead. The, um, they'll also make a red model for the next iPhone that will presumably be announced. Hope the so. Fall. Hope you know, so. I, I was just thinking about that. Like, I think that they probably would, you know, and they've, they've certainly done that with the iPods over the years and, and with the, the Beats products, but it typically doesn't well, sometimes they come out at launch, but but not always. So I guess it could go either way. I mean, I could see them offering that as as something. I, I just wonder if you have that available at launch, um, if they would be able to s- sustain the demand. That would be my only question. Um, yeah, how, how it's many... so hard to get like the jet black iPhone. That exactly. was really bad this and last time. And if they can't do it anyway, they might as well <laughs> just make it. Yeah. Go for no, it. I mean, I think it'd be great. I mean, there's always there's always the thought too, though, that they might be able to be better maximize their their profit margins um, by uh, you know being able to squeeze people who weren't planning on upgrading, maybe waiting to cycle out, who mm. then halfway through sees that hey, this new phone is out. We want to get those customers who've been kind of on the sidelines and we don't know if they're gonna you know what they're gonna do in six months. Um, yeah. It you know it's possible that they could be making. Um, so much money that way that it would be worth 
not releasing it. That's uh, a good point. I was going to ask, you know, what the likelihood of that is, because I personally can't see myself not, I I personally can't see myself giving in rather than waiting for the next one to be announced. But I know exactly who is giving in and buying it now, and it's Brianna Wu. So, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, red is my color, right? Yeah. I've thought a lot about this. Like, I'm working with the stylist these days. Mm -hmm. It's like red is, like, my red glasses. We're going to really... Like, this is the look I'm going for. Like, yeah. This is what I want to be known look. for. But yeah. I can't justify it. Like, $800 yeah. is too much for an accessory. Like, I go spend that on. Without a doubt. Something else. But you, you, but you could, you know, maybe get 500 for your phone and, and maybe 300 would be worth it, you know, for, yeah. the, for the photos. I, I think stuff. I'm just going to wait. And hopefully they'll have the production pipeline straightened out. But this is, this is my – and maybe I'm being too hard on Apple. But, like, call this the Brianna Wu rule – that when Apple tends to bring colors out to a product line, that's when I start to worry. <laughs> like, really? you know, the iPod, remember the iPod? Like when they yeah. first started like bringing out colors to the iPod. Yeah, but that, that was, was, well, right? that was, that was, that was the mini. Um, and, and, and then the next time was where they had the black and the white, but that was with the video, which to me was like the best iPod ever. See, I'm talking about like the uh, the God. What was it? Was it the fourth generation iPod the one after the Fat Nano? The Fat Nano was the third, right? right. And then they brought a bunch of colors out after yeah. that. To me, that was when the iPod line. And I love my iPod to this day. I use an iPod. I sleep with one every single night, listening to an audiobook all night long. I use it at the gym. I love my iPod, but I think you can really look at like the the fourth generation iPod where colors were the sure. really big feature they were bringing out as kind of the the moment that Apple, in my opinion, kind of stopped innovating on that line. So, I, I mean, I think that's I, the, I think that's fair. I mean, although I would say I think that if you look back at the original iPod Mini, like that had colors, and and that was even before I think that was one of the things that cat- helped catapult the iPod until literally everyone had one was the mini. So I would also say, but I mean, I understand what you're getting at. Like you, you, you worry when they start to rely on colors that that, that that's the big draw rather than something that might be more meaningful. Well, the five C was like a great phone. And then after Mm -hmm. that, they released the, well, success a couple of years later. And that's, you know, they still innovated on that. I think that was the last really big innovation we saw with, phones was the 6s and the 5c is just a nice a decent yep. little phone that was beautiful and i loved it <laughs> and the 5c was great yeah yeah that, that's that um my dad had one of those um so l- l- while we're talking about like innovation um let's talk about the ipad a little bit because yes that was an interesting announcement to yeah. me there'd been a lot of rumors and, and who knows maybe that'll still happen it would be weird at this point to have a briefing and then have an event in a couple of weeks that that would just be weird to have like this this press announcement and then do something else so i'm not anticipating we'll see any um actual presentation until WWDC. But what was interesting was there had been some supply chain leaks uh, or alleged leaks about a, a new iPad Pro, um, both updates yeah. to the, the 12.9 and then potentially a new 10.3, I guess I want to say, or, or 10.5, 10.5 um, uh, form factor, which if it had a slightly different aspect ratio could be made to be physically the same size at, or very similar to the same size as uh, the iPad Pro 9.7, but with with a bigger screen. Um, this uh, 
anyway, so there, there were rumors about that. There, there hasn't been any substantiation that that's happened. Um, but instead, what we got was basically if you take some of the parts of the iPad Air, some of the parts of the iPad Air 2, and um, a, a slightly better processor um, and drop the price iPad. So it's kind of this weird kind of hodgepodge device. That it's in a lot of ways similar to the iPhone SE that they came out with last year, um, which was many parts, um, you know, iPhone 6S, some parts iPhone 6, um, uh, some parts iPhone 5S. Um, I you forgot know, they, that that phone exists. Yeah. Um, I mean, and it, and it sells very well other places, but like that was kind of a hodgepodge device that was at a lower price. This seems like the iPad equivalent of that. Um, and it, I don't know, I, I was I was anticipating seeing some iPad stuff. This was certainly not what I was expecting. Yeah, I was really stunned, Christina, just to be honest with you. I mean, it's um, especially the lack of fanfare, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I... I mean, I don't know how to interpret it other than um, I think the iPad has kind of become, it's a very fungible device, right? right? Like, I don't think it's like your phone where you really feel that difference. Like it's, you know, it's of a certain quality and it's of a certain weight and it's just not a device you upgrade that often. So coming out with kind of a, a mass market version of it, it makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. Um, But it's also like we've been expecting a really big iPad event coming up. And it's that's the part of it I'm really confused about because – I mean, are we not going to get an iPad event soon? Are they giving? Are they going to have so much news that this is worth burying? And they yeah. wanted to. I mean, ma- yeah, that's what I can't figure out. You know, because we at this point, I I would be very surprised if there was an iPad event this year, um, or at least you know before the the, the fall. Um, just because I, I can't imagine that they would make the announcements that they made through press releases and, and, and also doing, you know, some, some, you know, background briefings with, with people in the, in the media. I can't imagine that they would go through that effort if, um, there was going to be an event in a month's time, you know, um, mm-hmm. I, I, I just, I, I don't see that. I mean, it, that would be something you would either drop in a press release, like after the event, you know, maybe, maybe two sentences or something. I don't know. So, um, but yes, but that does open up. What does that mean for the iPad Pro this year? And and I mean, I could almost understand the nine point seven keeping that on, you know, a, a two year cycle if they wanted to do that. Maybe lower the price after a year, but but you could keep that on a two year cycle at least until we have apps that absolutely demand more. But when I look at the iPad uh, Pro twelve point nine, it, it's a little harder because you know it came out after. Um, it doesn't have as good of a camera, you know, it's, it's, uh, some of its screen systems are, are a little bit different. Um, it, uh, it's a little bit slower, um, not much, uh, I mean, it's faster in some ways, but, but it's, it's processor is clocked, I think a tiny bit slower. Um, I might be wrong on that, but I, anyway, I, I'm more concerned about, I guess, that being, um, good enough to with, withhold another period of time, unless they just say, and, you know, screw it and, and do it alongside the iPhone in September or at a separate thing in October. I, I guess I would say this, I would add this to this and you know, I can't get into it, but from friends I have that work at Apple, I feel very confident in saying new iPad stuff is going to be coming soon. And my read on this is, um, you know, maybe because it's like a lower priced iPad that they're bringing out, Maybe they buried the lead because it's hard to sell a sexy new iPad at an Mm -hmm. event that maybe later this year or even at WWDC um, when, 
you know, when you've got this cheaper model that's coming right. out. Yeah, that's like kind think about of, that yeah. segment of the the press conference. I feel like that would be the part that's a lull because the technology right. isn't that it's the A9 chip. Yay, hooray. We've seen that before. And right. unless they're announcing like some fantastic new development for it, that's kind of like a that's wasted air in a press conference or in a in an event. I mean, I agree, but I, I, I wouldn't even necessarily expect it to be if it was announced at the event, like maybe like on the screen for two seconds or it, I mean, they've done this in the past where they've had yeah. something yeah. they didn't announce at the press conference and, and, and later, you know, a press release. Hey, we updated that the Mac mini as well. Well, I guess uh, this way or, or it's tied to the the iPhone announcement, which could yeah. give it some lift. Yeah, I think that could I mean, and also uh, I think the timing is is really auspicious because they're clearly going after the education market with this device. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah. um they haven't had you know, the iPad Air 2 was extremely successful for them and it was very successful in education and was actually sold for a number of years after, you know, it had been d- discontinued still for education because the the schools loved being able to get, you know, a, a sub whatever price iPad. But they haven't really had anything um, for that market um, in a couple of years, you know, since the iPad uh, 2 went away. Um, you know, the the education prices were, were better, you know, on the on the Air that you could buy the older Air or, or the Air 2, but they weren't what they're going to be um, on what's now called the iPad, which is three hundred dollars for um, for schools, and I, at that point, I think that they're much more able to compete against Chromebooks. Mm, and yeah. Chromebooks right yeah. now are are frankly kicking their butts in education. Even though educators I've talked to have really gotten a lot out of the iPad, and I think um, you know there's some things that happen within the tablet ecosystem that you can really kind of help visualize and teach things. But there's there's no mistake that the Chromebooks are doing extremely well. And yeah. this positions them at least could get them in the game where, where if you're talking to a district, you know, it's not going to be, you know, you're paying 30% more for, for one thing. You know, it could be much more um, balanced. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have to say Swift Playgrounds is such, like, we barely talked about it on Rocket. It's so it good. is amazing. I would... Like anyone out there that has kids and they're even mm-hmm. remotely interested in programming, like plop that in front of them and anything they can do to get that in front of more kids. Like I'm, I'm all for. Yeah, no kidding. Um, but, but what I think is really interesting about the iPad is I think about where they need to innovate from here. And I, it's like the, um, you know, the smart keyboard, right? Like this is a, it's, it's a decent accessory, but there's so much more that could be done to improve that, right? Mm-hmm. Like imagine that accessory with like a, a MacBook quality, uh, you know, level of keys inside of it. Cause it's janky. It's hard right. to type on. And I, I do think that if they are, you know, innovating, like, you know, we're, we are hearing from friends that work at Apple, you know, some really interesting things about, you know, the iPad operating system, they're going to be coming out. And, you know, I, I, I can see more innovation being done in the pro line. So I, I just have to believe stuff is coming there eventually. Yeah, I, I certainly hope so. Um, uh, you know, I, I think that they're getting really close with, with the pro being able for the average person be if if you're able to to kind of you know accept the new paradigms be your main computer yeah this episode of rocket is brought to you by text expander from smile text expander for teams is a productivity multiplier you get a shared knowledge base to ensure that your team communicates quickly and accurately which is exactly what you want no weird misunderstandings no 
wasted time typing out the same emails or text messages over and over again. With Text Expander, all of your team's common replies can be worded by your best writers. That's you, Kyle. Step up to the plate, Kyle. Do all the work for your team and then see, see your words bandied about day after day. Thanks, Kyle. No thanks to you, Brad. Your imaginary team of Kyles and Brads <laughs> can have snippets automatically accessible, easily accessible, um, and searchable with simple abbreviations and keyboard shortcuts. Any response you need will be just a couple keys away. So, you know, instead of ty- typing out um, some long boilerplate, you just put in your... You- Tap a couple keys, and then you have your snippet there that can be the footer of your article. Uh, Maybe it's uh, an email that you're sending out um, to let your team know something super important is going on that is a a recurring event. Whatever it is, Smile is there for you with Text Expander for Teams, and it's available on all of the platforms that your team is on. Mac, iOS, even Windows, Kyle. Text Expander helps customer service teams provide better faster, and more accurate service, you can ensure that all customers are treated consistent, consistently, uh, which is super freaking duper important. And you can ch- any, eh, and any change that you make in your messaging and the way that you reply to people can be updated seamlessly in the background. No needing to send reminder emails to people reminding them how to, how to phrase their replies. And if you do need to send reminder emails, you can do those in text expander (laughs) imagine every time you needed to yell at your team you didn't have to type the whole email you just had it already typed and you could just pop a button and send that off and yell at your incompetent team text expander will save your life teams of all sizes can harness these productivity benefits and use them for good not for yelling at your team i'm sure people don't do that with text expander i'm sure because the it's made by smile, so like you have to smile when you use it. It's meant to make you smile because it's making your life easier. <laughs> Go to textexpander.com slash rocket and sign up for a free trial, and you will see firsthand why companies like 1Password, WordPress, Shopify, and You Need a Budget all use TextExpander. Thank you so much, TextExpander and uh, TextExpander from Smile. TextExpander and Smile, they're the same thing. They're, they're like unified. They're holding hands. It's a beautiful partnership. <laughs> Thank you so much <laughs> for your support of the show. Despite the fact, wow. despite what I do to you every week. <laughs> every week. <laughs> that's how much they want to get their message that's out there. They, they're like, that's how much they, they, they love us. And most importantly, how much they love our listeners. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> they it. let me that's say it. words about them. They did. They did. Oh, and they all right. send me mugs so we gotta for talk the about this next thing. This is this is big. I'm excited yeah. about this. This is Snapchat cool. for old people. <laughs> Christina, I <laughs> found your op-ed kind of. from <laughs> yeah. August. So okay, yes, a- another uh, Apple made a secondary announcement today. A, a new app called Apple Clips, which is a separate video and photo program that lets you um, lets you record things and then add filters or live titles or other other various things and and send them off and you can even like edit video together in it which i find super yeah. cool but did you have a chance to actually look at this today christina uh yeah and and what i can say you know is that it's kind of um a reimagining 
of iMovie. So if you if you had, you know, uh, if you think about iMovie but built for a mobile first world. So if you think about like when iMovie came out, it was a really big deal for, you know, um, people who you know, maybe we're digitizing movies for the first time and had probably never had, you know, any experience with nonlinear editing software. And so the idea of being able to edit a movie easily on your computer, you know, the fact that they were running, you know, ads with a uh, uh, Milo Vidalama, uh, uh, Vimilio, however, however you say his last name, Jess from Gilmore Girls uh, and, and, and the guy from uh, This Is Us, um, you know, like editing a movie on an airplane. Milo you know, Vitamilia. Yes. That took me a, yeah, that was incomprehensible. Thanks, Christina. Go sorry on, about that. I, no, I, I, I'm very sorry. I'm sorry that I'm I'm all over the place. But no, you know that that the, the, there was a time when you know iMovie was really kind of heralded um, as this this amazing thing, um, and Whoa. It made Whoa. people. Hey, I'm, I'm don't remembering that time. I no, do too, I, but it's 18 years ago, Bree. Right. I don't like no, to, no, I don't no. like that fact right. either. But it's yeah. true. Yeah, but, no, but, but, it's true. But but what's interesting though is I guess. You know, from from what from what I've been able to observe about clips is that this is kind of the same thing, but for the mobile first world. So it's how would you create you know a, a video editing or capturing tool if you were designing something for mobile and you weren't using kind of you know and you're using the apps people are used to using um, and you, and you weren't trying to you know match what you do on a desktop. Mm-hmm. And I have to speak up in defense of iMovie, which is actually what I learned to edit video I on. I'm not in yeah. any way. I, I hope that didn't come through. It's me diminishing about it. Simone, it's just um, the fact that it's been kind of ignored by Apple for so long. Mm. Like it used to be great. And it's been you know, they have this merit major paradigm shift. What was it, Christina? Like five years ago? Yeah, it was and like now- five years ago. And, yeah, and yeah. now it's kind of seen as junk software. It, to be I honest, mean, so, I mean, I think that it's it's, yeah. it's better. That I think that it used to be better um, in comparison to how it is now. I still think that for a lot of people, it's going to be the best way on either platform. You know, if you don't have, you know, uh, if you're wanting something that's relatively easy to use, I think it's one of the best you know things you can get. But even though I think it used to be better, um, I do think it's actually better on iOS than it is on the Mac right now. And I've mm. actually thought that for a couple of versions, but uh, no, I mean, I think it always had a very tactile look to it. Like those, yeah. the video clips looked like things that you could, you know, you'd want to grab with your finger. So totally. in clips, uh, clips, huh, I see what you did there in clips. Uh, you, this is interesting. You can uh, shoot clips that are like, um, you can shoot short clips and you can make a total a video that runs up to 60 minutes long, which wow. is huge. That's huge. So it can be up to 60 minutes long and the maximum size of a clip is 30 minutes. So mm-hmm. you could have, you know, two 30 minute clips or, um, you know, if you wanted to have, you know, a, a 20 minute clip and then a bunch of five minute clips. And as long as it's under 60 minutes, it's good. Mm-hmm. Gosh. Sorry, and it's, um, up to th- and it's up to 360 clips uh, can be used in the course of a movie. So if you really wanted to, you obviously wouldn't be able to do like stop motion, but if you wanted to do Vine style stuff, like a little bursts, you could up to, you know, for, for up to an hour it, with 360. I feel like you know, I can't bursts. see myself, like the kind of people who are going to make an hour long video are probably people who have some other kind of software and would yes. be choosy enough to, you know, offload their videos from the phone and work on it in another program. But on the other hand, I do think it's really cool that we have the technology to say, yeah, I'm going to shoot and do minor edits on an hour-long video on this device that I carry in my pocket. I think well, that's kind ask, of awesome. 
what you could also think too is if you wanted to when you export it you know you wouldn't necessarily have to save it as one video you could save each you know clip individually or or whatever you know so maybe mm-hmm. if you you made it an hour long but you wanted to use parts other places i don't know um but I, i'm with you i mean i'm not gonna the criticize the fact that they allow that is cool i also think that some of the tools that you can use while you're filming are interesting enough that you could see people want to do more things with that mm-hmm I guess what I'm really excited about with this is, you know, there's there's a pipeline, right? Like if I take a picture, then I have to, um, you know, if I'm going to tweet it, you know, maybe I add some of Twitter's new, you know, little hearts or animated, you know, smiley faces to it. Uh, but then it's like I take the picture with Apple software and then I take it to Twitter and I tweak it over there and run filters on it. And then I do the same thing on Facebook and you know, just rinse and repeat through all these different social networks. What I'm really hoping we'll catch on here. Um, and by the way, not really enough people, you know, are bought onto it with Apple's announcement. Like what was it? Was it, it was Facebook and Instagram and Facebook, Instagram, um, Vimeo, YouTube. Yeah. Um, yeah. basically anybody that supports, um, camera uploads. Um, okay. Snapchat is not on the list, but what you can do, so you can't natively share to Snapchat, but you can save it as a video file and then right. upload that video file to Snapchat. But- but what I thought was really cool about this is these are kind of fungible features between right. these different services. So the idea of having it more accessible and professionally integrated into your mm-hmm. phone and then having it you know, easier to post in these different directions, mm-hmm. I hope this opens up like, um, you know, like a, a file format sharing that you know, you'll be able to do with more networks here. I think that would be great. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that would be great, too. I mean, I think that that's, that's one of the nice things about them making sharing so essential. I mean, obviously, they anticipate a lot of people will be sending this through iMessage, and I'm sure that it will. Um, and, and I, you know, uh, I would not be surprised if we saw in, in future versions of, of iOS, um, you know, maybe even more like direct integration between, you know, iMessage and this, you know, maybe maybe an easy way to launch or something like that, you know, the, the, the app. Um, but they're definitely planning on people sharing this other places, you know, whether it's, you know, um, social networks or, or email or, or, or whatever, you know, they're, they're definitely planning on that. And, and I hope, I hope you're right that this can kind of maybe, you know, live photos, um, hasn't really, I mean, a bunch of networks support it, but I haven't seen, I rarely see live photos, other places on the web is what I'm trying to say. And it would be nice if, if they were able to, achieve, you know, something that, um, either help uh, do a standard for, you know, or, or, a aspect ratio or something for, um, for some of these types of things. This is kind of a, a half baked thought that I'm having, but I really like this, this sort of workflow that I'm envisioning where someone like say a, a journalist or a, a like a, an indie journalist in, a really intense situation could be taking video of something and editing it together and putting it up on YouTube in like a disaster scenario, basically, if they had um, the bandwidth to do that Mm -hmm. in terms of internet. Um, In that sense, I think it could be really useful. And the fact that you can, they're introducing a new feature, which is basically the new newest technological thing they're doing with it is that they're they have something called live titles where you can create animated captions by talking and it will record your voice and then transcribe it um and you can either include the the voiceover or just the subtitles or a combination etc um so that to me 
it seems like a very cool way to quickly capture and then disseminate events that are happening in a way that's more polished than what you might do on um, like just Instagram. Like, like it'd be the, right. the next step up from Facebook Live, basically. Exactly. Well, you'd be able to kind of do some of the more polished stuff you can do on Facebook Live. I mean, obviously, Facebook Live got more advanced, but it, like when you're strictly on mobile, most of the time with those services, you don't have any ability to, to do any sort of edits mm-hmm. at all, you know, and, and, and you're, you're kind of, you know, facing the camera or, or pointing it, you know, away from you. And then you're immediately uploading like on your phone, you know, maybe adding a title here or there, but you're not able to yeah. even do the sort of stuff you could do, you know, from from a Facebook Live um, like studio setup, um, uh, this I think you're right. I mean, I think that this has the potential if you wanted to use it in those situations, just because it you know it, it it's making things faster and it's designed to help you know put stuff together very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe somebody could put together something that would be visually compelling, more visually compelling than what you would. Uh, you know, may- maybe do otherwise, um, have that sort of titling like you're talking about, you know, having that sort of transcript um, explaining what's happening so that, you know, people, uh, you don't even need the audio if, if the audio captured wasn't great or whatever, you know, it can and just go up immediately. I think that, yeah. I think you're right. I think that has mm-hmm. potential. Yeah. I, just before we move on here, like, why can't Apple bring Final Cut to the iPhone or at least iPad? Yeah. Like, I want full-fledged you know, final cut on there. There's no reason I can't do it. There's no reason I can't, you know, bring a really top tier motion graphics, uh, mm-hmm. you know, studio over to the iPad Pro. I would use the frack out of that. And I just, um, yeah, I, I really wish they'd, they'd put the effort in. Cause I, you know, like you try to pixelmator for, for images, it's just not quite good enough. But like right. something like video editing, I mean, it's just made for an iPhone because it's just listening to stuff and watching it. And, you know, I understand it's not going to have really advanced things like dragging and dropping key frames in Final Cut, but I would just, I love that. I would love that. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. I feel strongly. No, I, I am 100% with you. And this episode of Rocket is brought to you by Blue Apron. The number one recipe delivery service that has the freshest ingredients. For less than $10 per meal, Blue Apron will deliver seasonal recipes along with fresh, high-quality ingredients so that you can be making delicious home-cooked meals with an emphasis on home and cooked and delicious and meals. Blue Apron's mission is to make home cooking accessible to everyone while also supporting a more sustainable food system while also setting the highest standards for ingredients while also building a community of home chefs. They're doing it all, folks. And you can get delicious meals like seafood that is sourced sustainably, understanders developed in partnership with the Monterey Bay Aquarium Seafood Watch, as well as responsibly raised beef and chicken and pork and products from farm produce from farms that practice regenerative 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 farming. The third time's the charm on me saying that word right. You know, folks, I don't promise to say words right, but I do promise delicious home-cooked meals from Blue Apron. Each one comes with a step-by-step instruction card so that you can follow along with the recipe, look at beautiful pictures, and mix all your pre-proportioned ingredients into a steaming hot or perhaps a nice chilled, if it's a salad, meal that you can prepare in 40 minutes or less. Yes. 
that is the promise of Blue Apron. Brianna, are you, are you, do you have any special experiences to share with us this week with Blue Apron? I mean, it's exactly what you're thinking it is. Like, you know, it's uh, especially running for Congress now. Like, I'm trying to really make sure I still have time with uh, you know, my husband. And, you know, this is what Blue Apron is all about. Like, it, it gives me an hour to, you know, put down Twitter or the phone ringing and just really sit down and think about building something and, like, meet space. <laughs> and then I get to, like, have this delicious meal with my husband afterwards. It's great. It's, uh, you know, it's a quality of life thing. And I just, um, it's, I, I think this is one of the best products we've ever advertised on this show. Cooking is good. You could get such things as chipotle glazed meatloaf with crispy potatoes or salmon piccata with orzo and broccoli or vegetable chili and baked sweet potatoes with crispy tortilla strips or, oh, God, melted leek and fontina focaccia mm. pizza with Brussels sprouts. And I have Brussels sprouts in my fridge right now that I need to cook. Thanks, Blue Apron, for reminding me. <laughs> if I, if, see, if you have Blue Apron, the great thing about this is that you you, you get your recipe for the week and then you're going to use all the stuff that they send you. You won't have stuff that's going bad in your fridge because you're going to use and eat all of that food. And, of course, you're only getting as much as you're going to cook or eat that week. So that's freaking awesome. They deliver to 99% of the continental U.S., and there's no weekly commitment, so you can sign up and then only get deliveries when you want them, like that desperate crunch week where you're like, oh, God, I don't have time to go to the grocery store. Please send the food to my home. And then the food comes to your home, and then you cook it. It's beautiful. And the freshness guarantee means that every ingredient arrives ready to cook, or they will fix it for you. But, like, happily, not angry, like I just sounded. They'll be happy to fix things for you. So I've never had a part come that was anything less than very fresh. Nice. So, you know, take that Super fresh. Very fresh. That's our new slogan. Make it official, Blue Apron. You can check out this week's menu and get three meals free with your first purchase, including free shipping, by going to blueapron.com slash rocket. You will make incredible, delicious, steamy meals, and you will enjoy eating them. Thank you, Blue Apron, for sponsoring this episode of Rocket and uh, Relay FM. Once again, that was blueapron.com slash rocket. Yay! Awesome! So... You, you, we have a disagreement. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I'm we not have really, grievances. I haven't played this. I haven't played this, so I'm just looking forward to listening sorry, to you guys. Sorry, Christina's going to be no, the no, moderator. No, 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 you understand? Because I've been obsessed. I will be the moderator, but I've also been obsessed with the drama that this, the, the, like the backlash this game has received. Oh God, yeah, like no. the drama. I live for it. To be totally honest, like you, you guys' argument aside, the reaction to this game is. It, it's pretty, ridiculous. It is okay. insane. Okay, but my my experience is now that I've actually played it, I love this game. Let's this is everything. Frame, back up, let yeah. me put a frame around this. Mass Effect Andromeda came out. Now go. <laughs> Mass Effect Andromeda came out yesterday. It got really very mediocre reviews. You know, Polygon, uh, you know, author over there 7. gave 5. it a seven point five, I believe. Um, you know, other outlets kind of followed, and the consensus with the reviews was it was a game that lacked uh, some emotional heart, and some of the the gameplay elements were a bit janky, and it felt a little bit unfinished, and it was a very very mixed bag, particularly with UI. 
Um, now that I've actually had a place to a chance to play it, I'm not saying uh, you know Polygon is wrong and the reviews are wrong. I really see where they're coming from, and it's a valid point of view. But I can say for myself as a Mass Effect mega fan, this game is everything I expected it to be like a less awesome concept, but like the first um, chapter in a new trilogy. And I am loving it. I'm having Mm -hmm. a great time. Multiplayer is awesome. The story is awesome. I like writer. Um, Yeah, this is not the train wreck I was expecting. I'm really glad uh, that you're enjoying the multiplayer. Um, I, I, I think we're not disagreeing that much. So my beef with it um i i have trouble with the menus like many people do they're very, very inscrutable bad. very bad uh, yeah. i did not find the first few hours or so very compelling at all arthur's huh. review actually made me very excited for like what comes after that because i do it, it does warm up uh he says in terms of story and i mean you enjoyed it from the beginning so obviously for some people it does hit i while i found it underwhelming i do think the ultimate conclusion i came to was like if you are a mass effect fan you're not you know you're a bioware fan you're not here for like finely tuned like flawless combat you're not here you're you're here for certain things and you get those in this game and i definitely don't have the emotional connection to it that i did to the first mass effect trilogy but i I don't expect to have that two five hours into the first game of what is presumably going to be a new series I like expected, Mass like, Effect was not Mass Effect five hours into that exactly. series. Like, yeah, that I did not, it took sucked. me a long time to warm up to the first Mass Effect, which, yeah, by the way. it was not good. And Yeah, sorry. No, go I ahead. was going to complain about the cover system. <laughs> no, it's terrible. That's me, bad. And yeah, sorry. Go ahead, Christina. So I was just going to ask you guys, like, how much too do you think the kind of the reaction is and, and, and maybe even your responses? I mean, even though you're obviously aware that it's a new trilogy and that or presumably a new trilogy and that it's, you know, uh, kind of, you know, kicking off a different type of things. But how the Mass Effect 3 was was by all accounts like one of the great games, right? Mm-hmm. Like uh, it, two was a great game. Three was a it had better combat, but it was very mixed with reaction I, with think. Reactions. I thought okay. it was great yeah okay. that, i think yeah. it was just because the ending kind of i get mean, the ending yeah, which I they fixed which it, they it, fixed yeah right yeah. So, yeah. So, so the end, but anything aside it was very well reviewed and i think the trilogy as a whole has obviously been very well reviewed and how oh, much yeah. obviously right so how much do you think they kind of uh, the muted reaction or or, or the, the frustrations with this time is just the fact that it's something different you know, the, the, I, like how I can anything live, how can anything live up to the hype? It, it would, you know, regard. Look, Batman versus Superman is a bad film, but even if that were a good film, it would be difficult to call it that in the wake of you know the the the, the Batman Begins trilogy. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, I think it's it's worth talking a little bit of industry insider baseball here. You know, EA has like three tiers of studios and like the the team that was largely responsible for the first for the success of mass effect is off working on a new um ip at like you know their triple a ultimate studio and this got you know passed to the third string team right (laughs) and that 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 shows It, it shows like the animation things have been talked about like those are it's not a problem with the animators a problem with the implementation Mm -hmm. of universal topology and like uh uh, it's you know it's it's clearly showing that right and this uh this uh premise at least off the bat is not very compelling 
It's it's like, you know, the first Mass Effect opens with Commander Shepard getting this uh, vision from Protheans about, you know, this thing coming to destroy all of the human race. Here, a bunch of people are just going to a new star system, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's not as awesome a concept. Uh, but I see where it's going. And, you know, like I said on Twitter, this is a game that has my trust. Like, I trust that the story will get somewhere good because I've only played about five hours of story and a lot of multiplayer. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel about it too. And and part of, I mean, a lot of me is going to keep playing it just because what I come to these games for is a fun adventure with a bunch of characters that become a group of friends. And by all accounts, that is what it delivers. Like there are some very interesting companions that you have in this one. Um, I've heard great things about a wonderful Krogan who I want to be BFFs with. And that that's, I think, um, it's a really a special thing that I think Bioware does very well, which is just create this cast of misfits and let you get to know them over the course of um, whatever it is, 80 hours, because this game is freaking huge. I want to go back to the animation discussion, because that's something that has been upsetting this week is the backlash on the animation. And it started out, um, the the facial animations in the game are, are a little stiff uh, as Bioware facial animations often are. And they were there were jokes flying around on Twitter. There were also some glitches, some movement glitches that were being pointed out and laughed about. And they started out as very good fun. And this is something that I love to do. I love weird animation glitches in games because they make me laugh and they make me smile and I to me they don't detract from the quality the overall quality of a game unless it becomes like a game breaking a gameplay breaking bug like I just think it's funny how these things turn up in games because that's something that's special to games as a medium like you wouldn't see a movie go to theaters where somebody's face like spasms and flies off like by accident in the middle of a of a clip because that that would be awesome. It would be awesome, right? It would like, be yeah. so good, but, but they would never do it. Yeah, it's like, something. Games not a, it has to be perfect. Whereas games like games are unpredictable you know, because as a system, exactly. like we don't we're you know you you're wrestling know. with the system, and it, it's something that creates strange art it's something that you know and you have to get that product out there to the people so i i personally like when i see problems like this that isn't something that makes me go oh boy i better cancel my pre-order because somebody one game character's eyebrows don't move like i don't give a crap (laughs) so what happened unfortunately was that beyond the jokes and beyond the people who just don't enjoy who were put off you know by these animation glitches because they want a better looking game, which I don't blame them for, whatever, that's their prerogative. Another group of people. Uh, <laughs> uh, world is terrible. Infowars. I, mean, I think it was Gamergate. Was it Infowars? Gamergate. Yeah, it was Gamergate, but it, it started with, yeah. I believe, Infowars. Um, really? I thought it was Ethan Ralph. Yeah, oh, it was, it was, Sorry, it was, it was the Ralph was, yeah. My bad. Why would yeah. it and then I think Infowars carried it, but right. yeah. possibly anyway, so linked Ralph, to it. But anyway. Uh, um, the Ralph retort, um, pin decided to pinpoint a woman who was not on the Mass Effect team, a, a former EA employee, and said, ah, she's the one who did the animations, and that is why they're bad. Brianna Wu, would you like to explain why in AAA game development, one <laughs> person would not be responsible... <laughs> 
It, it shows a, a complete animations. Of, so people don't even understand this. Like, okay, so if uh, if I'm an animator in 2D and I animate something, yeah, all of that's my responsibility. But for a game, just because you create an anim set, like um, you know, joint positions and export them in an FBX, like that's not where it ends. And the failures of this game aren't with the animation itself. It's with all the procedural and system implementation of it after the fact. Like you can see loops that are out of sync and all of that. Like they're errors. So these are these are errors. These are engineering problems. Engineering problems deeper in the pipeline. Uh, you know, but it's. I mean, I, I almost I haven't talked about this this week on Twitter because, like, what is there to say? Like the it's game just... industry has a huge entitlement problem with their base, and you know, it's people that feel very entitled and there's rage culture that, you know, frankly, we've fostered as an industry. And now it's this monster and, you know, a few people are going to, you know, um, say a few nice things about it and then still not hire women at their studios, like perpetuating the cycle. So it's, uh, I mean, it's, it's sad for this woman. And, you know, the guy that went after her has also gone after me in really personal mean ways. And, you know, it's, our, our industry has real problems. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it's, it was really, really disheartening to see like something go from fun meme mm-hmm. to yeah. now we are yeah. harassing a woman who has locked her Twitter account. Right. Now we're harassing release someone of, who, official it, statement. It, 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 and just to the, the, the lack of understanding, like you were saying, Brie, about how this stuff works and just even the lack of even wanting to understand, you know, not everybody should be expected to know this, but, but when the people who are perpetrating this often purport to be experts and, and <laughs> you know what I mean? They, they often, they often purport to, to, to be better than, than anybody else who's commenting on games or making mm-hmm. games. You know, they, the fans are, are the ultimate judges and, 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 and know all this stuff, you know, to, to make those sorts of errors is really problematic. Um, and, and like you said, Simone, like it's taking something that was that was funny and that was nice and that was like a nice like cultural moment and turns it into something gross and 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 you know bullying and for for no reason mm-hmm. um, and, and and targeting um, in a way that's that's deeply upsetting and problematic and it sucks because well, it's then trying it becomes to destroy a woman's career yeah it's trying know? to destroy like, a woman's is, career and it's also yeah. destroying any sort of criticism or any sort mm-hmm. of poking fun because yes any criticism direct like this game is a hot button issue right now and it feels like um sorry let me gather that thought before i then put it out there but you don't want to make a joke criticizing something or poking fun about something because you're afraid that some person who take twist things completely to an unrecognizable state who takes things out of proportion makes things out of proportion will take your valid or just fun criticism and blow it up right. into something it, tur- it never should have right. been in the first place. Or maybe even right. turn it into an endorsement of something that you don't yeah, a- exactly. agree with. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's where you have to be an adult. Like I didn't, I, now that I've played enough of the game, I, I, I think author's review was too harsh. Yeah, like mm. I, I don't agree with that, but a game review is an opinion, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and you've got to, you have to take that, you know, uh, that distance. Yeah, right? it's nothing like about let people, you personally, right. or me personally, or anyone personally, except his experience. 
that's his experience with the game. And then people can disagree on that. You know, um, I, I, I do coming back to the mechanics. So I'd love your take on this, Simone. Mm-hmm. Um, I realized the Paragon renegade system was limited for the first three mass effects because it, it locked you. What it did is with everything you said or did, you were like thinking in the back of your mind, well, how can I, if I say what I want to here, I may not get that bonus towards the end of the game and not get the ending I want. So it like forced you into this game of picking like what's going to have the worst outcome here or the (laughs) best outcome. So I understand that was flawed. That said, I hate the conversation system in this game because they've gotten rid of Rogue and Paragon because I want to play a character where she's freaking Jack Bauer, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like she's making the hard choices. She's going, uh, you know, like, uh, you know, like pushing people out of windows. That was so good. Like, oh, it's so good. Like doing like, what I love about Commander Shepard is she is the Jack Bauer of video games. Like there's a desperate mission that has to be accomplished and some unpleasant decisions are going to have to be made so everybody can live. And this conversation system locks me in where I don't feel any connection to the writer that I'm developing. Like, do I respond emotionally? Well, she may say something that's very cheery and nice or something that's angry. Do I respond logically? Like, there's no tie to, like, who I want to become. Does that make sense to you? No, that totally makes sense to me. Um, I definitely miss the Paragon Renegade system because, like you said, that created even even though there were like some times where i would pick something and then it would come out like way more harsh than i intended thanks renegade um it was the best way to create a really consistent character throughout the game i did not enjoy um the fact that it was tied to gameplay bonuses like i don't want my because i ended up choosing like some middle ground responses and it was just kind of disappointing that the fact that I chose the middle ground responses more often than not, because I'm not cool like Brianna Wu, um, means, you know, you don't get a full Renegade or a full Paragon um, gameplay bonus, which is kind of like, eh, I don't want my character to be tied to my mechanics in that way. Um, but, like, it did create some beautiful, dramatic options. Um, I do like, I guess, having all these these multiple dialogue options like that the the diversity of it does make me happy i don't know that i've played enough of it to see like a consistent rider emerging for me um but that is like the important thing is creating a character that feels consistently like themselves and you you ask anyone who has played um, a Mass Effect game, they know who their shepherd is and they know what that shepherd will say in a given situation. And, you know, when you go back and replay Mass Effect, I hear from so many people, they find themselves doing and saying the same things over and over again because you spend a bunch of hours with that shepherd and that becomes canon to you. Um, so, yeah. and I, it, It's who you are. It's yeah. like, I have tried to do a Paragon playthrough. It doesn't and I work. Because <laughs> I, I can't like sit there and do something that feels good in the short term to like cost people's lives in the long term. Hmm. I just can't do that. 
And it, it feels evil to me. And, <laughs> you know, like, I can't, I just can't be that person in the game. I don't feel that way with Ryder. It's like, am I going to respond to a situation like more logically? Or am I going to respond emotionally? Am I going to be clever? Like, that's, those are all aspects of the same person. Exactly. Right? Like, we all have those aspects of ourselves. So it doesn't, it doesn't feel consistent. Yeah. Meh. Well, but yeah. So, game we like, we like it. We it's flawed, but um, the people who are like pooping all over it are silly, and I don't like them. Um, Play Mass Effect multiplayer with me. I am really good. I will I'm try consistently when I, the uh, top tear person. myself away yeah. from Overwatch. Oh, there we go. There we go. You don't want I'm me on it. your team on any kind of multiplayer game. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. I'm not good. Um. <laughs> That won't stop me from playing Overwatch. What are you up to this week? I guess we've just answered this question about you, Brie, but let's let's take it again. Recap for us what you're up to this week. <laughs> uh, I'm going to be on This Week in Tech this weekend. Uh, Yay! And I am, unfortunately, I am playing a lot of Mass Effect. <laughs> I am <laughs> saying no to everything I can say no to because I need some personal time. This is my equivalent of, you know, the Super Bowl. This is very important to me. So Love it. Nice. Christina, what about you? Yeah, you know, I've just working on some projects, so working on some reviews of some stuff. Um, got a couple of reviews for early next week. And uh, yeah, that's about it. Nice. And uh, let's see. I am... Uh, I'm not doing much. I'm just doing my usual work stuff. Uh, I went to a co- writing conference in New Jersey last weekend, and I got a sick planner that I'm in love with. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to take a deep breath and put pen to paper this weekend uh i i've been afraid to destroy its its purity but it is a really beautiful planner with like a bunch of different views of like months and quarters and weeks and things Um, i'm also playing overwatch because eventually i would really like to be able to play the new hero in quick play but everyone else is playing her so i can't do it (laughs) christina i'm just like I'm imagining Simone saying there she's got this beautiful planner yeah. in front of her, and then she scribbles it like demon <laughs> in the bathroom stall. Yeah. Or something. <laughs> 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 it's got like a flower on the front. Of it. Oh my god. <laughs> 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 I'm dying. Oh, how dare you see into my life so clearly? Oh, um, <laughs> so that's what I'm doing. <laughs> you can find me online at Doom Quasar on Twitter and YouTube.com slash Polygon, where I, I posted a video of me in Washington Square Park asking people which Joy-Con controller they thought was sexiest. What was the answer? Okay. Um, I think the D-pad, the one with the D-pad and the camera that doesn't have the letter buttons. When what color? Sexier. No, they were both gray. Ah. I, purpo- I purposefully, that would skew the results, Christina. Everyone knows that red is a sexier color. We literally talked about that on this show. I <laughs> showed did. them pictures of two gray Joy-Cons that look almost identical, and I asked them to choose a favorite. That is the joke. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> and now we have a show title. Yep. 
that is the joke. I was joke. literally just typing that. Christina, where can we find you online? You can find me at film underscore girl uh, on, on the Twitters, the Instagrams, the Snapchats, and uh, that is a joke.com. No, I'm kidding. Jeez. Uh, Brianna. Space cat gal. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, thanks for listening to this uh, this great episode of our great show. Um, give the give it the star rating on iTunes that you think is appropriate for the greatness of it. Five out of five says this gal, and this episode is terminated. 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 Terminated.